Welcome to the Pilot Boys Podcast, where you'll get the real on all things sports, music, and pop culture. And here are your hosts, Vishwant and Partha. And we're back with a very special episode of the Pilot Boys Podcast. We are talking to our good friend Reza. Um, over at Rock Nation, who happens to be the director of promotions, uh, national director of promotions over there, and also J. Cole's number one fan, Partha. <laughs> you got you got to understand, Reza. I've, I'm so stoked about this special episode because I've been since I heard the warm up in like the end of high school, early college. J. Cole has been my number one artist, and every album he's dropped has just kind of hit me like right at the point in my career where the topics were super relevant, what he was going through. So I, I just, I don't know what it is, but J Cole can do no wrong in my eyes. I think, I think you're amongst many that feel that way, my friend. Amongst yeah, many. definitely. Man. He's, he's definitely the kind of guy that, that has spanned quite a few different um, demographics and any, and he's all encompassing. So it is, he's a very relatable character. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And specifically, I mean, I think for you, Partha, is that I think for anyone who's like an entrepreneur or a dreamer, I mean, his his label is Dreamville, right? Yeah. Um, his story aligns with with the journey because he's he's fairly honest in his perspective, not just specifically in hip hop. You know, there's a lot of like fronting, you know, where you have to make yourself appear to be bigger than life, richer than life. Um and he kind of goes in the opposite direction. And for anyone who's like a real entrepreneur who's going through that journey, they kind of know, right? Like that this isn't all peaches and rainbows and that there's a lot of struggle that goes along with the reward. And I think Jay Cole does a brilliant job of articulating that journey for all of us to relate to. Yeah, dude, I think on top of that as well, his his lens on the events, like the perspective with which he commentates on things or just shares events. It's, it's so positive at the end of the day, right? It's so like the genuine goal feels like it's to uplift, inspire, like he brings a lot of love into his music. And if you look at the, the evolution, right, it's like, I think of, I think of Gary V and his evolution going from like hustle, hustle, hustle to like, now everything's about happiness. Right. And it's like, a lot of people go through that in their lives, but also a lot of people don't go through that in their lives. And it's genuinely nice to see an artist, especially a rapper, who is so confident and okay with expressing a message that's not like hard, right? But is true to him. You know, that's to, to your point, Parth, that's exactly why I think he's more relatable is because he, he does present the ideas and the, and the things going on as, as people would better people would like to see them. Those that aren't trying to puff their chest out, those that aren't insecure, those that are confident with who they are. They, and when you assess the situation, there's nothing wrong with showing love and, and being positive. And, you know, he's the best thing I think he's done is match them. And this, I have this conversation quite often. I've worked with a lot of camps. I'm not going to mention any of the camps' names, but a lot of times your movement doesn't match the music or the music doesn't match the movement. And it's a lot of times that's a disconnect between maybe management the label, but the beautiful thing about what, what Cole has done is he's surrounded himself with people that are like-minded to him and move with his philosophy. So 
you know, he did things like the Dollar and a Dream Tour, which is insane. Like a guy could be charging thousands of dollars a ticket. He's doing oversold venues for a dollar. All you got to do is be in line and just keep up with him. And, you know, it's yeah. he, he rewards his fans for being engaged with him because he really cares about it. And and that's felt when you deal with with the Dreamville camp. The Dreamville camp has a genuine like touch with their with their fans and a connection with them. And they figured out how to stay in touch with them. And it's not hyperbole to say that these guys are, are authentic. It's it's literally their authenticism that's helped them get ahead. And it's it's hard though, because to be honest with you, you have to think of how much Cole had to do before he could be his authentic self to get to where he could be his authentic self. And that's that's the hard part that a lot of artists don't understand and, and, and it gets in their way. Cole understood the work that needed to be done before he could sit in his house and mail in his work and not go to every radio station and every TV opportunity and every magazine, everything. He did all that so that he could sit at home and empower his people and, and, and be able to be as, as controlling of his creative as he is. You know, that's uh, there's this quote that V and I have been talking about, about to be a philosopher King, you have to be a King first and then you add the philosopher bit. You can't go the other way around. Right. And I think You're his career right. is such a great example of that. That's a, that's a great, great quote. I like that because one can lead to the other, but one, the other one can't lead to it. Like it's 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 not possible to overcome everybody with just philosophy. First, you have to inspire them with awe, and then present the 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 quality of everything behind that. And it's and it, it does take in this business. It does take showing your hand. It does take showing that it's possible. And I mean, we discussed this before. It's it's the the similar story he, when when Cole became famous. Everybody was talking about how. Stars like him are, are pigeonholed backpack rappers, and they could never sell millions of dollars because everybody wants the trap music at the time that Lil John was successful and Jeezy was successful. And him and Kendrick came along and started making lyrical hip hop that was usually, you know, a relish. It was put in the corner. That was that was not a profitable thing. The major labels didn't really want to touch lyrical hip hop. That was for the niche labels that wanted to super service that demographic. And then. When uh, when his record went top 40 and, and it became a smash and they saw that you can take lyrical music that has a content and, and something actually a message to the masses and they are happy for it. That's when things started to really open up and, and his message managed to move more towards that because he spent many years before that doing other songs that were nothing like Crooked Smile that, that, that didn't have the success that didn't after that he could do no wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also that's it's very interesting too his journey. You mentioned how traditional record labels didn't think there was a lane for this no but was what's very interesting about his story is that your label and uh your label head jay-z signed him as their first artist right he was the first rapper that jay-z signed his label so clearly he saw something mm -hmm. that other people didn't see um and, and what do you think were those touch points at that point that kind of said okay well this isn't what's being promoted, but there's really a lane for this. Well, I can't speak on behalf of what, what Hope was thinking because I'm, I'm a little bit newer in this building than he is. Yeah. But if, if I'm going to take a hypothesis or an educated guess at this, it's probably because Hove himself is a very artist-centric kind of guy and he understands um, when someone is trying to get a message across as opposed to just making money. And I think that's what he saw in him and that's that's a – and I've heard him mention it. I've heard others mention it in the building. That's that's something that lasts a lot longer than a gimmick or what's what's hot at the moment or a, or a specific trope that's working. It's people that have substance that have a real message and something to stand for. Those are the artists that stand 
the test of time and they're not just going to come and go. And I mean, I think to me, to his credit, it was smart. In, in hindsight, 2020, it was a great idea. It's a, you know, it's a good staple artist. Yeah, dude, the way you put it too, it's like that message is so important, right? Like I think about it all the time in business, brand building, company building. There's a lot of people who just do what is necessary to make money. And there's very few people who have like a true thing that they care about happening in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the reason they're driving. And it's like, ultimately, if you look at who's around five, 10 years later, it's it's same thing. It's the ones who had that kind of core, hey, like I have something bigger than myself that I'm doing this for. And something that's always stood out to me about Cole, and it's only in, in the recent years that he started to speak like this, but um, after the... KOD project, I was listening to one of his interviews and he said that he didn't feel like he wrote most of that project. He felt like the words flowed through him from God or from the universe. And the only other time I had heard that was when they interviewed Paulo Coelho, the author for The Alchemist. Mm -hmm. He says he didn't write The Alchemist. He yeah. says the words flowed through him from the universe. And, you know, as somebody who is passionate about the creative side of myself, it's like, what a place to be able to get to where you truly feel like a complete channel or like whatever might pass through you, right? Like that to me is what, what really stands out about him. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and you know, it's funny, as, as you were talking about it, and I thought about the business you're into, I think the best analogy to make is, is Cole is like the Patagonia of, of Yeah, that's right. Now it's like he, he stayed true to form despite what all the corporations told them and despite what the money was possible, like he stayed true to form for his message to his fans you know, as I've as I've studied the history of Patagonia, they had a, a split with North Face because they believed in taking care of the culture as opposed to profitability and stuff. And that's that's an amazing thing to hear in a capitalist country, which is also what I felt about things like the Dollar and Dream Tour and the promotion mm -hmm. things they did around Dreamville. So, you know, it's it, it hits people authentically and it stays true to message. It's it's very 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 endearing, I, I guess. And and like uh, me and B were talking about before, it's like his fans can see him doing no wrong until they die. That's that's just yeah. the way. And, and even when that young lady, because, you know, technically he's an old head now as far as music goes, because yeah. generations change every four to five years now as opposed to 10, you know, and even when they come after him, he still takes the time to not lyrically kill them, which he could, but to actually politely advance the conversation forward as opposed to making it a beef. And, you know, he did it with Lil Pump. He did it with the young lady out of Chicago. Like, I respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, uh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I mean, that that's what stands out to me in general, right? It's like successful people have balance and they're not emotional. Like they're very able to understand where they are. And like this, this concept, it's funny. I, I talk about this with my friends, but I also talk about it in like with my therapist. It's something I'm trying to get better at. It's like holding frame, right? Like regardless of what's happening around you, if you're solid in who you are, you can facilitate mm -hmm. and handle it really well. And you look at the flip, which is like that that Drake Pusha T beef that just like turned into this mess, this just like emotional mess all over the fucking Internet in the world. And you're just like, wow, like that's quite a few people involved in that that are pretty emotional thinkers and, and reactors. Right. And, and neither one of those guys was really true to their message when it was all said and done. Those guys kind of deviated from who their true selves were to one up each other. And that's you know, that's that's when you deviate a little bit. And I don't I'm. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> and specifically, let's get into like the promotion aspect because this is your deal, right? This is your thing. This is something you're you've done for years. And 
and understand thoroughly and have seen so many different ways to be successful in the business, right? And there is that kind of label and current way of doing things, which is the image of the artist is probably supersedes the music now, right? In a lot of ways. Absolutely. It's it's you about your loss leader. Yeah. And so it's it stands out that there are artists like him and Kendrick who are successful and have that staying power. Why do you think that is one? And why do you think that that's not done more often or, or when they those aren't the art type of artists that are sought out more. It's often. not. There, there's two answers to your question, right? The, the first part is why. Why do I think that is? Is because the, these guys have transcended the point where they have to promote themselves to where they have people speaking on their behalf, and it's not hired reps. It's people that literally believe the message they're talking about. That's that's stronger than anything else. A lot of labels look for. Um, Self-discovery, they call it, right? They want artists to be self-discovered and people feel like they found artists on their own. That's the biggest thing when you have a camp like Dreamville that is loudly, it's, I mean, they're, they're essentially the, the American version of K-pop fans. They're loudly promoting the person they believe is doing good to the world and they believe the message is worth that. The reason most people don't invest in that is because if you look at the, the history of these artists that you just mentioned, both of them, what the world knows is essentially the, the tip of the iceberg idea, like, right? You've known this part of his success, but you don't know all of this that, that took years to get to. You're seeing yeah. almost the tail end of these guys' careers. That's why once they hit that big, big thing, they go high. Like they, you don't see Kendrick out. You don't see Cole out because you saw them out, whether you were paying attention or not, before Cricket Smile or before Swimming Pools for years. The, the industry knew, their fans knew, but once they hit that mainstream and the rest of the mainstream saw their, their, their messages had permeated. Like it's... It's essentially, it feels like I've done my job. Now I can sit back and let my fans and my my audience do the rest of my work for me. I've started the ball rolling, this avalanche is going, and now let the avalanche just flow by itself. The labels, because they're we are mostly shareholder owned and have P&Ls every year and we have to report losses and bottom lines, it's hard to justify. Same with radio stations. I mean, all outlets have become this way too because when the out everybody's a, a victim of the system, right? So if the system says that the fan doesn't have more than 30 seconds to like a song, and if they don't like it in the first 30 seconds, they're moving on, then the providers of the song start realizing we only have 30 seconds to catch your attention. We only care about 30 seconds. We can't care about section 80 and this album and that album and that album before we finally find success. It has to be this one or nothing. We don't have time yeah. because there's, there's someone else that will, you know, in the cryptocurrency version, like I'm in the crypto world now, right? I don't know if you guys are dealing with it, but yeah. there's, two sides of that world. There's the purists that are trying to defy the world and you know, yeah. decentralize it, and they shit on Dogecoin, right? They yeah. shit on Dogecoin. So it's a shit coin. It's the, none of the coins they can show me has returned the returns that Dogecoin has. So if you're in it to change the world, then yeah, you're going to say, fuck Dogecoin. I'm all about BTC and Ethereum over here. But if you're in it like 99% of the world, which is to make money, Fucking Dogecoin is the golden ticket. Like, why would you fight it? Why would you say fuck Dogecoin when you're getting thousand percent returns on this thing? What kind of idiot doesn't like thousand percent returns on their money? So it's it's a it's a matter of that, right? The labels are Dogecoin and the the artists you mentioned are Bitcoin and they're they're there to change the world. And it took a long time for people to give a shit about Bitcoin, right? <laughs> and it took no time for Dogecoin. Dogecoin was a meme that blew up like ringtone rap, like 
the little pumps and the soldier boys and, and they overnight. It's a difference. Yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. The word, the word that I kind of think is obviously you understand why the labels, you just explained it very well. Right. But if you are a young artist or you are an artist who's thinking about, I want to have this as a career that lasts more than six months, a year to two years, right. you've got to have a great amount of patience. That's the word. Cause if you look at Kendrick and J Cole, they both were extremely patient. You use the iceberg example, yeah. right? Yeah. They built and they built and they built. So I think you understand as an artist that the takeaway here is for artists, right? Like it is to understand what type of career you want. Yes. And, and if you want to have a career that has longevity, have a loyal fan base, dictate the own, your own terms, you are going to follow a J. Cole Kendrick model and have a great degree of patience and understand that that will take years to build. Mm -hmm. However, if you are in this current generation, which is, it doesn't matter how I get there, I just need to get there, you're likely not going to have staying power and you're going to have to sit and figure out like, after that hit single <laughs> dwindles, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? But you know, I, I'll be honest. Here's the thing: it's and it's and it's. This is how I present everybody to everything, right? It's a it's a matter of what what suits your expectations and your lifely needs. There's there's artists like Dom Kennedy who have never hit the mainstream, and Dom Kennedy yeah. can tour, make great money. He's got a small team; they make great money. His production costs minimal when they move. He's successful, and you know. It's like I talk to people about investing. You can't look at the overall number. You got to look at the percentages, right? When mm -hmm. when Drake and Beyonce tour, they probably make the same percentage of profit as a Don Kennedy because their overhead and everything else offsets whatever they might make in the extra cost they cost. So if you're happy just making a million a year, which is what somebody, you don't need to be Kendrick Lamar or even some of these guys. You can literally have your own little tour in California or Ohio and and make that but if you want to scale up then you have to take the time and it's and that's exactly what it is figure out what your ultimate goal is if you want to be a superstar around the world then yeah you're going to have to do a lot of work and unless you have an overnight hit that takes off somewhere virally but essentially it's, it's managing your own expectations and having the right team around you is what's going to make a difference on how your message is perceived and how well you manage to permeate the markets you want to get through and the the degree of control you're going to have over what, yeah, what yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so the degree of, degree of control. There's, there's two sides of it, right? Reza, cause you're talking about, you know, how a new artist has to find a way to connect to the mainstream, right? If they want to get to that yeah, point. Yeah, right. But at the same time, there is a level of individuality they have to express in the way that they do it. Right. And that's a pretty fine line to walk. Like I was watching this, um, interview with Lil Yachty and his sentiment he expressed was that the easiest way to succeed in the industry is just to be different from everything else that's that's happening, right? But at the same time, you can't be that different because you have to speak the context of the language to actually get people into your camp. So like, how do you advise an artist to tell that line, like express individuality and who they are, but at the same time, like speak in the context? I think, I think those two are exclusive of each other, to be honest with you. I disagree. Yeah, with you disagree. I disagree. I think in this current day and age, yeah, most these artists are, are hard to have success by themselves. Like Yachty's had immense success. And it's after working with guys like Little Pump and Takashi and everybody like I, I literally actually believe the opposite. I believe that there's one big fan base that's available 
but they want the same thing. And if you go to some of these festivals, I swear sometimes you can't tell one artist when they get off the stage mm -hmm. and the next one gets on because they are all following the same formula a lot of times. And that's what these fans want to see. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but a lot of times I see a lot of these fans, it, it, you know, it's deceiving when you see a video of some guy performing in front of 20,000 people at Coachella or Governor's Ball or something, because essentially there's 20,000 people from the minute they open to the minute they close. So the opener has 20,000 people in front of them. And that's one of the best things about this current day and age of music, in my opinion, is that people get exposed because the festival forces everybody to be there early so they can be smashed at the front when Yachty or ASAP finally comes up. They got to sit there and watch Joe fucking Schmo from 3 p.m. until 11 midnight to have that spot. That helps promote the newer artists. But at the same time, you got to keep in mind, they're not there to be seeing you. They're there to see ASAP or Yachty or whoever it is. So if you if you are that far different from ASAP or Yachty, you're probably not going to get the response you want to get from that crowd or gain the mm -hmm. followership. But to be smart, you're going to have to somehow emulate or be in the same vein as these guys in some way or at least hit that same algorithm these guys hit in people's brains of like, I like this. Otherwise, it's just not going to work because you have to fit. It's almost like these guys are tapping and you just got to tap into the stream of their blood by just being the same color as their blood. Like it's it's not, it, it's almost gotten easier. And and to be honest with you, like the story of, of Takashi is exactly that. Takashi would literally tell you he tattooed himself and colored his hair just to fit into what everybody else was doing to become famous. And clear, clear enough, hindsight is 20, the motherfucker's famous. He's making a lot of money because he literally just made himself look like everybody else and did the same kind of trap music. Like, you know, it's, the individuality thing is almost lost in our in the younger generation these days because individuality doesn't stand out. They're they're not as individual as they think. These these kids are mm. are very easily molded by by consumerism, by social media, by stuff. And and I don't mean this in a bad way. It's I, I wish that they would be more individual. And I, I like individual artists. I, as an older generation person myself, I respect the individual artists, and those are the ones that I have listened to for longer than six months. Because a lot of times now these artists can't keep a career longer than that because they have to release so much and so heavily. And that's one of the, the things that me and V talked about before you, you were on it today is, is Cole's ability to not release as often as these guys, but yet retain his, his listenership. That's what individuality will lead to. And I agree with that. But again, it takes, it takes the first part of, of gathering the masses before you can start spreading your individuality. So now, do you don't feel... Do you feel like artists like Cole are going to be still possible in the future? It's hard, man. It's I, th I think it's going to be harder because artists like Cole have to be so many different mediums to be successful now. Cole, Cole became famous just for music. It's right. almost like newer generation can't be famous just for music. They have to be in commercials. They have to be in comedies. They have to be on social media. They have to have uh, their own line of merch. There's so much that has to, because music is essentially an advertising tool to just make you aware of a guy now and spend money on the other aspects of the person. Because music doesn't right. make money itself. Music is a loss leader. So if you don't have a strong enough fan base with your music to sell the merch that Dreamville does, then it's going to be hard to become that level. It's, it's just, it's going to be hard. But I think it's going, it, the future is going to be a lot more camps. I think it's going to be a lot more of the ASAP camps and the Dreamville camps and the TDE camps because they become very supportive of one another. And when they find harmony with one another, it helps because there's definitely a crossover between TDE and Dreamville. And there's definitely a crossover between the ASAP guys and, and Dreamville and these guys. So it helps to find like a little Venn diagram and everybody's got their own little fiefdom and then the, the fans come together.
but it's not going to happen as individual artists in the urban world. I think top 40 can still do that, but in the urban world, it's going to have to be like clicks in my opinion, more than mm. You know, I wanted to touch on something you said a second ago about how coal can just kind of disappear and release, right? This is actually a philosophical thing, right? The idea of building a brand through scarcity or through activity. Yeah. And it's it seems what you're saying is that the activity model is so embraced right now by the consumer yes. that being scarce doesn't necessarily lead to people recognizing that scarcity or and caring, valuing exactly. it same, yes. valuing it the same way. But, but it can if you've reached a certain level. Though. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but, if, but yes. that's the M&M model. Like, literally, it's the M&M model. M Eminem got famous, and then when it hit his house in Sterling Heights, Michigan, and <laughs> we had to fly over there to go get a CD from him and fly it back and, and, and do it. And like he did like two interviews for the whole year. But that, yeah. that made sense because he was already to the level where people wanted to see him. Scarcity only matters if people give a shit about you. Nobody cares yeah. about whether they see somebody they don't give a shit about. You know? And where I would where I would kind of probably I agree with you, but where I would say an artist could emulate this model is if they have what you said, which is a true degree of belief and individuality and understanding that it's going to take a long time if I go along this path mm -hmm. and I can't get frustrated when I see such and such blow up and I'm still here. Yeah. Right. Great and point. that that's, that's kind of the thing I think from a, why you said the consumer is important because that's also impacting how these new artists are thinking as they go into this business. They have to, if, if they come into it as a business, they have to act as a business. If they come into it as an art, then that, I mean, that's really where the, 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 the divergence happens, right? Are you in this for the art or are you in this for the business? If you're in it for both, you're going to have a hard time because they, they, they don't typically go well together. It's, it's hard because the business of this is very cutthroat, very bone dry a lot of times. And the art of it is very emotional and very heartfelt, And those two things don't do well together. And a lot of artists have the problem of not having a proper team around them. And that's the thing is that the, the creative should do the creative work and the business guy should do the business stuff. And a lot of times they, they don't have a business guy. They have another creative trying to do the business stuff and it doesn't work well. So my advice to those artists you might be referring to is even though you're a creative and you feel your vision is this, have a good business guy around you that knows how to make that somewhat profitable and sustainable until it happens to what you want. Because if you're that creative that you are willing to wait six, seven years, it's very hard to take a team of people along with you that way, unless there's, there's somebody that also has a vision of a bigger thing that's going to create the business and empire you're trying to build. Otherwise you're going to flail around with a lot of creativity without any focus. Definitely yeah. both sides of this yin and yang. You know, what's so crazy, Reza, is like I just had um, with, with one of the guys who did the Yeezy brand, I just had this conversation about building brands. And it's, it's the same thing you're saying. You know, there's the scarcity method and then there's the kind of mainstream path you can take when you're building a brand and how you do the, the every, everything, marketing, brand, all of it, right? And I've, I've always been, you know, I've always not wanted to do the mainstream thing because I think it's whack. Uh, but to do the scarcity method, the only approach is you raise millions of dollars. That's yeah. it, right? And that's how you do it like the true way, but accelerated. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it's it's just so interesting to see that even in 
the venture world, even in the startup world, it's like the same paradigm that you're talking about. To build anything that resonates, it does take time and you can only accelerate certain parts of it. So you either have to fundraise to be able to properly go about the process or you don't and you do it the mainstream way and you'll never have that that original appeal. You can try and swing it back later, but it's just not ever going to be authentic to what you built. Exactly. It's it's the it's the it, what you're saying is it's the order of how you do it. And you're exactly yeah. like you have to do it in the correct order. Same with artistry, like you guys said. Like it's it's like you can't be a philosopher then a king. You have to be the king of the philosopher, right? Yeah. But at the same time, you have to have a, a philosophy as a king while you're while you're being yeah. that. You have to true to that, right? And that's the part that's that's even you know even when people see it or don't see it, if you stick true to it, then you can point back and say you were true to it. It makes a lot of difference too. You don't have to always say, "Look at me, look at me. I'm doing what I'm what I say I do." But when you get successful, you can say, I did it within the bounds of what I believed in, as opposed to deviating from what I am or what my ethos is, right? And that's I see that in your company. When I see your advertising and your branding, it very well shows that you are doing some mainstream stuff, but it's to your ethos. It's It, it definitely stays within what you believe in, what your company stands for. And that's how an artist should present themselves, too. It should always... You never want to seem like you're whoring yourself out just to make money, even if that's what you're doing. You have to keep it some trueness, some authenticity. Otherwise, that's just, then, then you become a, a, you know, a lost cause without a hit. And yeah. the problem is not everything's going to be a hit. So you got to learn to build a fan base that can sustain you through the ones that aren't hits too. And how much, circling back to, to Cole specifically, how difficult does it make the label's job or the people who are promoting an artist such as Cole, knowing that hey he's not he's not going to do all the other things that everyone else he's not going to necessarily go on this nationwide radio promo tour he's not going to do a yeah. lot of interviews media is it making obviously probably makes your job easier but is it does it add complexity yeah it's harder and easier but at the same time i respect uh, here's the thing uh i'll give you a different example snow allegra she does no interviews yeah that's easy for me you don't get one. You don't get one. They don't get one. No one gets one. We're all good. We keep moving forward. Like, but <laughs> then if you're like what we had when, when Kanye first came out and stuff, oh, I do all the urban stations. Now I got a hit. Now I show up. I only do the top 40 guys. I don't even pay attention to the ones that made me. Then you got a problem. And that's and that's another thing where I think Cole has, has, has exceeded at is he goes back to the people that helped him get to where he is and he gives them access to his content to himself and to what they're doing. And that builds a, a very strong loyalty of brand with even, you know, not even the consumers, but between him and the consumers is a layer of people that have to be there, which is the, the tastemakers and the, and the gatekeepers and everything. So when, when it comes to that, that's when you have to really make sure that, you know, um, there, is, there is someone taking, taking heat on your behalf. And that's and that's the best part is that when you have those people speaking on your behalf and they still speak highly of you and you take care of them, the, their fans will see how authentic you are. So even when you when you have far exceeded what the level of these guys have, you still go back and do it when it comes to local blogs and local promoters and things like that. That's a great look. And how 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 difficult is it like when you're dealing with artists to get them to kind of understand this, right? Because celebrity changes things too. Like it's easier to kind of have that being real mentality when you're on your way up, but then you get there, right? How difficult is it to kind of keep people grounded and to see that, Hey, these are the people that made you. These are the people that are valuable, not this stuff up here. It's, 
it all depends on your personal personal connection to what's going on to be honest if you're if you're not if you're not connected enough and you and you don't see it then that's you know it's a personal thing i got to say and it comes it comes with having the right circle around you again it comes yeah. back to good management cuz as a, as an artist you can lose sight of that you might not know what was the the trigger that helped you or the guy that really did the did the look for you in the background that helped you get to where you are that's why you need a good team around you that's the most important thing is the team around you and them being connected with people it's been great talking to you bro um, and we will talk to you again soon. Have a good day, bro. Thanks, I appreciate the time.